When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Lifty Delaney. So what? It's the Melchester Odyssey, um, part 63, possibly, I'm not sure. Um, it's the uh, the best of Roy the Rovers, 1980s book, we're working our way through it. We've come a long way over the 63 weeks, and we've got a long, long way to go as well. Um, in case you're new to this, Roy Race has been shot, we don't know who by. He was shot by an assailant in his office, he's now currently uh, languishing in a coma, he's on the danger list. Yeah. The Melchester General, uh, his wife Penny, is by his side, constantly crying, constantly weeping. Uh, the doctors have got um, a radio wired up to a commentary of Melchester's latest game, which isn't really working because Melchester are losing 1-0. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll re- at the beginning of this week's uh, instalment, it says it was a puzzled Rovers as they took the field for the second half. So they've got Sir Alf Ramsey, who's come in as a temporary manager in Roy's absence, and it looks like Sir Alf Ramsey is about to puzzle them. As they are, he also Alf Ramsey in this scene is pulling. He's putting a strange face. He's scowling. Mm. They're all the players are surrounding him. He's turned his back on them in the changing room, and he's he's scowling at a clipboard. Fuck knows what's on it. Maybe it's his book of rules, which was made reference in a previous episode. Let's let's just see what it says at the beginning in that very first panel. It says Roy was still lying unconscious in hospital after being shot down by an unknown gunman, and former England manager Sir Alf Ramsey had agreed to become caretaker manager of Melchester Rovers. At half-time against Westbury, Rovers were behind 1-0 and in danger of losing their unbeaten league record as the players faced their new boss. Well, he's facing away from them. Um, 20 matches unbeaten, apparently, so far this season for Melchester. In the second division, of course. So that's no real achievement, is it? But, um, yeah, Sir Alf's there. He's got a clipboard. He's wearing his tracksuit. And he says, uh, an interesting first half, lads. I've made a few notes, and I expect there are one or two things that you would like to bring up too. Oh, now that's a fucking dangerous thing. He's given them the opportunity to contribute ideas and feedback. Now, this could really backfire on anyone that takes them up on the offer. Oh, yeah. He could just fucking destroy them, couldn't he? And um, <clears throat> But there they are. Who's that that's raised his hand? Is that Jimmy Slade? I always get... I'm not co- sure. Is Trevor something? No. 
No, no, it's, it's probably the one that's in the team because Roy isn't. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he says, you bet there are, Ralph, for a start. And he gets cut off by Sir Ralph. He just says, but this is neither the time nor the place. I mean, <laughs> we are still learning about each other, aren't we? Still learning about our bodies and our feelings, <laughs> our minds, <laughs> our cycles. <laughs> <laughs> the cosmic cycle is a mysterious thing, gentlemen. <laughs> the moon. What role does it play in our human realm? It seems to control the tides, but what does that mean? How does that affect <laughs> us here at Westbury? One fucking nil down at half time. <laughs> the, the word lunatic is derived from the Greek meaning luna, moon. <laughs> You see, it has the, by the moon. It has the ca- capability to send a man insane. Just contemplation <laughs> of the moon. Why does it wear the sad face that gazes down at us all evening? Why does the moon weep for us, gentlemen? <laughs> These are the questions that trouble me. <laughs> As I try to sleep at night next to Lady the- Ramsay. <laughs> Is the moon actually made of cheese? No, of course it isn't. Men have been up there and had a look. Let me ask you this. Have any of you cunts seen Button Moon? It's on in the daytime. (laughs) It's on in the daytime, and I often watch it when I get in from training. (laughs) Fucking mad. But they're up on the moon. (laughs) It's called Mr. Mr. Spoon. Spoon. He's a man made of a wooden spoon. He rides about in a space rocket made from a fairy liquid bottle. And he lands on Button Moon. Now, this is no ordinary button, because, of course, Mr. Spoon is made of a spoon. And a spoon is many, many times larger than a fucking button. This is some kind of giant button. A freakish button. (laughs) Floating in the sky, defying gravity in the Earth's orbit. What does this spoon man want with this button? Is our moon actually made from a button rather than cheese? Perhaps it is round the back where we cannot see. The dark side of the moon, as Pink Floyd memorably sang about in their 1973 hit album. Who here likes Pink Floyd? No, nor do I. They're cunts, aren't they? I don't mind some of the early stuff with Sid Barrett in. They were quite poppy then, psychedelic. It was on the back of my 1966 World Cup final win. But then once he went mad, and he did probably because of the tides of the moon. Uh, it all went a bit self-indulgent for my liking. Public school wankery. It's bullshit, lads. Utter bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Give me cream any day of the week. Old slow hat. Now there's a guy who knows how to play a riff. <laughs> I'd rather listen to fucking Slade. <laughs> fucking Pink Floyd. <laughs> So, uh, right. yes. So, now, let's get back out there and give him one for, lads. <laughs> ah, there's the bell. Second half's about to begin. Good. We now didn't really cover much, did we? Now I can get back to sleep at last. <laughs> <laughs> to sleep. So, yeah, he's... A chance to dream, gentlemen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the bard summed it up, did he not? As usual, the bard has a well-chosen, a perfectly turned (laughs) phrase for every occasion. Whether it be the contemplation (laughs) of murder or suicide, or indeed being a go-down to Westbury away at (laughs) half-time. 
as the bard himself once said, I believe. Go to work on an egg. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I do. Although not during my time in Greece, where they have a very peculiar ceremony that surrounds breakfast. Very rarely do they eat eggs. Many of them eat sweet cake at breakfast time. <laughs> and an extremely thick, black, almost syrupy coffee. Probably explains why they're all fast asleep by lunchtime. <laughs> Terrible sugar crash that they get. <laughs> anyway, off we go, lads. Who knows? Maybe, it's something, maybe it's something to do with the mood. I'm not completely sure. I wasn't there long <laughs> enough. Anyway, night, night, lads. I'm going to curl up here on the benches in the changing room. You go out and do your absolute <laughs> fucking best. Oh, that's it. He's bluffed it, hasn't he? This the half-time team talk. He says, this is neither the time nor the place. I mean, we're still learning about each other, aren't we? So just go out and continue playing your normal game and let's see what happens. Fuck me. They're just thinking, go out and do it. They're thinking, how much is he being paid for this? <laughs> let's see what happens. Hey, listen, I told that cunt that runs this shit show of a club. Yeah, I'll come. I'll stand there looking nice in my Melchester tracksuit, but tactics and team talks, they cost fucking extra. <laughs> I'm a fucking figurehead at best. I've got no emotional investment whatsoever in this club, and you'll get the bare minimum from me at all times. I'm a legend, and I'm also a knight of the realm. My, <laughs> my presence here should be the extra motivational factor you need to win every game. <laughs> Beyond just being here, I don't see what I have to contribute. <laughs> so continue playing your normal game, but let's see what happens. And fuck off. Yeah, use the ideas that that cunt race has filled your fucking brains with. <laughs> and the players are coming out looking mournful. It's his moments <laughs> later. Um, and- hey, Duncan, I gotta be honest. That is the most traumatic half time I've ever had in my whole life. Try not to think about it, Blackie. I switched off and went to my safe place halfway through. I knew he was going nowhere. The man's lost his marbles. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm terrified. At one point I thought I was going to wipe my pants. I switched off when he began to talk about Button Moon. I took myself into the little house where they live in Rainbow. I thought about that instead. Jeffrey, Bungle, Zippy, George. Well, Jane and Freddy popped in as well. <laughs> Everything was fine. Everything was they, safe. They were all there. They were singing a song. Rod had a guitar. It felt lovely. Blackie. I don't know what you places. Singing a song about tidying up. I liked it. <laughs> I like everything to be tidy. But the crucial part about this was that cunt Zippy had his fucking mouth zipped shut so he didn't ruin it all <laughs> with his inane, <laughs> pointless chatter. Ah, that's always the best bit. I get a lovely feeling when Jeffrey goes over and zips that cunt's mouth shut. Sometimes I'm sat there. After training, I'm sat there watching it and the missus is making me my tea and biscuits and she'll hear me. She'll hear my breathing get louder as the rage builds inside of me and then I'll explode. Someone zip that cunt up. (laughs) The thing about Zippy is that almost every episode... He'll say something that warrants a zipping, but they don't do it in every episode. They'll just drop it in every four or five episodes. It makes it feel like more important, special. They need to discipline him more. They need to be harsher. <laughs> if not, the cunt will never learn to monitor his own behaviour. <laughs> They're indulging him. 
And also, what kind of fucking animal is he? Is he a the fucking bear. ant? What the fuck is he? Bungle's a fucking bear. Right? And then you've got the pink cunt. He's a He's hippo. A He's a hippo, yeah. I used to think he might be a cow because he had those lovely eyelashes. They're very hypnotic, but no. Like Ermin Trude from the Magic Roundabout. <laughs> the cunt's definitely a hippo. I checked it out. I made a few phone calls. <laughs> I rang ITV. <laughs> Hello, Duncan Mackay here, the Scottish <laughs> international footballer. Put me through to Michael Grade himself. <laughs> Mr. Grade doesn't I work rang here. Brian Moore. <laughs> I rang Brian Moore and asked him to ask around in the canteen at ITV. <laughs> and he did. He's good like that, Brian. Came he up o- with the goods. He owes me a couple of favours that I won't go into. <laughs> 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 but as the zippy, no cunt knows. And that's lazy. It's lazy storytelling and it's lazy characterization. And I'm not fucking having it. <sighs> yeah, uh, it says. Uh, Maybe he's a monkey. Said, I don't know. That's the, the that's, closest I can think of a monkey. Because I've never monkeys, seen any animal look like that. Monkeys chatter a lot, though, don't they? They're known for their chatter. Sorry, he could be a monkey. I don't know. Uh, the crowd has said, yeah, the, the Rovers look a bit thoughtful. I wonder what Sir Alf said to them about their first half performance. And Blackie's glowering at Sir Alf. Alf Alf's fucking stomping towards his fucking bench, isn't he? Look at him. He's he looks, they made around. him look really old and decrepit. If I was Alf Ramsey and I'd appeared to guest him on the Rovers, I'd be on the players of It's Alf Ramsey. Yeah. Can't you at least draw me with a straight fucking back? Look at my fucking gate in that, <laughs> that fucking photograph of me you've put in. What do you mean uh, it's not a fucking photograph? What is it then? Well, if it's a fucking doodle, then you can do it again, can't you? Give me a decent fucking British back. <laughs> I look like a fucking Neanderthal. I'm not dead yet, cunts. I may have been reduced to earning my money from doing guest appearances in a cartoon book. But I'm still going to fucking pulse, you know. (laughs) I've just been in the dressing room there with my fucking cock out. You can't fucking have me walking like that back to the bench. (laughs) I look like I've expired. The crowd has said, I wonder what Sir Alf said to them about their first half performance and Blackie's glowering at Sir Alf and he's going, the short answer to that is precisely nothing. <laughs> so, um, confusion reigns. Um, it says, but as if the Rovers were relieved to escape without a roasting from the former England manager, I'll give you a fucking roasting, all right, all of you. A roasting you'll never forget. See. I've got a couple of lads I brought with me from Athens. A couple of Greek lads. Kostas and Stavros. Very spry they are. Muscular. Nimble. Very very astute too. Covered in hair like apes. (laughs) Rippling muscles, thighs like those of stallions. Forceful personalities too, I might add. I smuggled them over on a ship. I put them in a crate. I loved it. They both wear vests at all times and cut off denim shorts. <laughs> and sandals, the sort you do up around your calves with straps. <laughs> like a Roman centurion. <laughs> it's the way they choose to dress. It's the way that I'm thinking of dressing myself. 
once I get my physical confidence back, I've lost. <laughs> I've lost a lot of it. I put on a few pounds in Greece. So. As I was. <laughs> I'll be back in shape soon enough. Now I'm off the dollar martyrs. <laughs> Just because I won the fucking World Cup doesn't mean I'm not vain. <laughs> a lot of people say that I look like Brian Ferry out of Roxy Music. Could you see that? No? Well, maybe they're just blowing smoke up my ass. <laughs> that happens a lot when you've won the World Cup. People tell you what you it's want very... to hear, but you never know who to trust. <laughs> you never know who to trust, you never know who your friends are. It's a curse, if anything, the World Cup thing. Careful what you fucking wish for. Jalapeño. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Jalapeño. I've been lied to ever since that fateful day in 1966. Lied to by women in particular. <laughs> Women who do anything to be seen on a World Cup winning manager's arm. <laughs> oh, you look like that Brian Ferry love out of fucking Roxy Music. Shut up, you whore. <laughs> you painted whore. <laughs> Listen, they're everywhere. You can hear the click clop of their heeled shoes marching fucking towards parasites. me. Ready, Sexy fucking parasites. Ready to suck me dry of my vital resources and minerals. <laughs> in Greece, the transactions are far more straightforward and clinical. <laughs> oh. Sometimes I wish I was just a bank manager. The job I dreamed of when I was a young man. With a healthy mortgage, mostly paid off. A, mm. a wife, a boring wife, a quiet wife. A well-tended tooth. A well-tended to garden. <laughs> Fish and chips on a Friday night. Salad on a Saturday. A, a run out in the car on a Sunday. Somewhere <laughs> into the countryside. Simple life. That's all I want. <laughs> but now, look at me. Standing here in a changing room with my fucking cock out, trying to motivate a bunch of losers. <laughs> my blood pressure's through the fucking roof ever <laughs> since I came back to this fucking piss-stained country. <laughs> so they're uh, they're playing a little bit better in the second half. Passes. Uh, working their way through it says uh, this is more like the old rovers smooth patient build up 
All the players helping each other. What did you just say, mate? I said smooth, patient build-up. Fucking bit weird. And you stop talking, please. You're ruining my enjoyment of the game. Smooth and patient, smooth and patient. All the way. All the players helping each other. Like ants in a colony. Smooth and steady, slow and cautious. <laughs> and I can... Kenny Logan uh, heads the ball towards the goal and it almost goes in. Uh, oh, Kenny Logan almost sneaked in at the far post. Got it to Manchester. Got it to Manchester. <laughs> Did everyone see? Well, if you didn't, it's a corner. If the goalkeeper knocks it out, uh, out, out of play, that means it's a corner to the other side. However, if, if you he had did to not take it touch from the it, corner. If it went you out to take it directly off of the players, the, the attacking player's boot, then it's just a goal kick. <laughs> and if it's a corner, you had to take it from the corner nearest to where it went over the bar. Or to the side, obviously. <laughs> Sometimes if it's in the middle, the referee will decide. He knows carry, best. Carry the ball to the corresponding corner flag and place it in the small semicircle. Make sure it's fully within that circle. Before taking then, your kick. And then you've got to shout flag kick before you take it. Flag kick! Flag kick! <laughs> so they've got a corner. And, uh, oh, look! Sir Ralph's waving to Vic Guthrie. He's telling him to go up for the corner. Go up. Go Yo, up, Welshman. Welshman. <laughs> Yo, you fucking weasel. Get yourself what are you up doing there? back there? You're fucking big and strong and good in the air. What the fuck are you doing standing back there, you fucking arsehole? Skulking Get up about, the corner. Skulking about like the weasel you are. <laughs> Doubtless your father was too. <laughs> He's gone up all right. The super brat's standing almost under the crossbar. Um, and then someone else shouts, that's just what Jackie Charlton used to do when Alf was running the England team. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking historian, are you? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Welshman, get up there like Charlton would. <laughs> so, uh, over the page, it says, uh, worried by the presence of the tall gangling centre-back, the Westbury keeper tried to punch the corner kick away instead of catching it. So he fucking throws himself at the ball, punches oh. it, um, it, it just glances off his fist and goes behind him and bounces off the crossbar. And, of course, the uh, the Lampards in the crowd are giving running run commentary. He's only helped the ball onto the crossbar. Oof! Clear that ball, Westbury! <laughs> Catastrophic well, defending. Yeah. What should we do? Wait for one of the crowd to tell us what to do. Clear that ball! And uh, Mervyn Wallace shouts, Too late, pal! And he puts it in the empty net. Mervyn Wallace, it's there! Westbury won, Melchester Rovers won. So it looks like the unbeaten record might still be on. Um, they're all celebrating uh, together, except for Vic Guthrie. He's standing out, away from the rest of the players, just looking pensive. And uh, one of the Lampards says, This should be interesting. Vic Guthrie made the goal. Now let's see if any of the Rovers attempt to congratulate him. Is this a Rovers fan saying this after they've just scored a goal? <laughs> He's now, fucking... now let's see 
Let's analyse the uh, the fallout. Imagine <laughs> that. Uh, there probably are cunts who analyse, painstakingly analyse every goal yeah, celebration. Yeah. yeah. Well, they do. They do because it always ends up on social media, doesn't it? Mm. What Port Vale's oh. recent goal celebration tells us about the future of the back three? <laughs> Fuck you now. Uh, now, let's see if any of the players attempt to congratulate him. A lot of people regard him as one of the suspects. Uh, there you go. He's just standing there watching. They're all, they're all fucking. They're like they were at a Christmas party or something. Look at them. Let, let them celebrate. A bunch of fucking woofters. I'm not getting involved in that fucking mother's meeting. <laughs> Leave them to it. <laughs> and it says Guthrie had been involved in a bit of dispute with Roy just before the shooting. Yes, if we didn't know. Um, Blackie comes over to him. Nice one, Vic. As far as I'm concerned, you're just another member of the team until events prove otherwise. <laughs> until if it does turn out that you attempted to murder my best friend and player manager of this great club my race, then I will have to reassess you. But for now, I will consider you a teammate and only a suspected murderer. Innocent till proven guilty. That's the blacky grey watchword. I love Very tell generous you. of you, Blackie. <laughs> yeah. Says Vic. Well, we'll he wait says, until yeah. Roy recovers. Then you can all <laughs> apologise me, to me together, you cunts. You, cunts. <laughs> you fucking slags. <clears throat> okay, super brat. If that's the way you want it. Oh, I was trying to hold out the fucking olive branch. And they threw it back in my fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, what a, what a dilemma. So I'll put them in there by recalling Guthrie. Yes, I'll do that. I'll put him. I'll put the murderer in the team. That'll throw the cat among the pigeons. <laughs> I'll sort out the men from the boys. Fucking arseholes. I'll just sit back with my arms folded and watch the carnage. Um, later, after the game had fizzled out into a 1-1 draw, and there's the Rovers bus driving off, into the night with crowds of Rovers fans still waiting to see them off. I mean, how long have they been waiting there? How long does it take for a team to fucking uh, have a shower or a bath or whatever and then get back on the bus? An hour? Hour and a half? Two hours? Yeah, but all these Lampardy Rovers fans as well. We shall wait for as long as it takes. Yes. even We're true fans. Even if night falls, we shall stay and we shall sing songs to keep our spirits up. <laughs> Until our beloved rovers appear in their coach. <laughs> and we should applaud them away. <laughs> One of them says, We're still unbeaten in the league, but for how much longer? I reckon the shock of what happened to Roy is just getting through to the players. And then another one thinks, I wonder how he's getting on. <laughs> yes. Given, they've given no thought. Uh, I don't know about that, will they? I wonder if he's dead or just in a coma. <laughs> I was too preoccupied with the football match. We should probably give some consideration to our ailing player manager. And it says uh, at that moment in the intensive care unit at Melchester General Hospital, um, there's a doctor there. Um, actually, these two look like the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> uh, one of them says, well, we've tried just about everything. The recorded voices of the race twins, even a commentary on the Westbury game, but there's still no response. Yeah, that is just about everything, isn't it? 
We've tried just about everything. We've tried two mm. things, but no response. No, we put a bandage on his head. That didn't do anything. Then we played the radio next to his fucking head. That did nothing. So <laughs> We played I mean, the tape of his kid that we can't stand. And for some reason, didn't wake up. I'm at a fucking loss. We've tried the lot. I mean, the human brain is to a large extent a mystery, as I've outlined, outlined before. We've tried our three different techniques of fixing it, and none have worked. <laughs> Maybe we should try, I don't know, try shaking him awake. That Miss, might work. Mrs. Race, I can't help but think it might be time for you to start putting yourself out there again. You know, <laughs> on the market, so to speak. <laughs> putting a few feelers out. <laughs> to that end, <clears throat> what are you doing for your tea tonight? <laughs> that's a lovely uh, That's a lovely coat you're wearing. <laughs> Why don't I help so, you uh, off with it? We could go up the local wine bar for a dance. <laughs> There's a bandage cupboard down the corridor. Do you want to go in there? Five minutes. <laughs> um, so she says... There's still no response, and she says, Oh, oh, Roy! Then, as Penny turned away, Wait a minute! I thought... I, I, I'm sure I heard him groan! Oh, that was just me, sorry. <laughs> I was just oh thinking God. about you. I was just thinking about you just wearing your bra. I let out a noise. I'm very really sorry. I was thinking about you just wearing nothing but bandages around your <laughs> around your boobs and one around your ass. <laughs> Quite an engaging image. <laughs> Problem working, Oswald. The... Sometimes you shut your eyes at night and all you can see is bandages. <laughs> Sometimes you shut your eyes at night, all you can see is piles of dead bodies. It's a very, very strange business. <laughs> if I had my time again, wouldn't have gone into doctrine. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> fucking Fucks weird. Hospitals are weird fucking places. <laughs> when you think about it, right, when you just detach yourself from it and think about what an hospital is, it's like a factory but full of ill cunts. Yeah. Some of them die. It's fucking weird. We, we've got all floor just with loads of dead cunts in it. It's fucking weird. You can go. I'll take you down there if you want to see. Fucking odd. It's like a meat factory, but we're humans. Weird. I wish that I had been a radio disc jockey because for them, it's like being a doctor, but you don't have to deal with so much death. You get all the fanny, right? But you can wear your own clothes, more or less, unless you're doing a Radio 1 road show, and then they give you the jacket, you know, with your name on the back of it. (laughs) I'd have been good at that. I volunteer. I might volunteer for the hospital radio we've got here. That might be good. you got to start somewhere. diversion. But I'm thinking about it, though. You know, next time, you know, Penny, next time you're driving past this hospital, just have a look at it and think, there's an old floor full of dead bodies in there. It look, freezes. Don't call it hospital. Think of it in your head as the death factory, right? And then you'll start fucking, it'll adjust your perspective on everything. <laughs> 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 it makes you think, doesn't it? Oh, hang on a minute, what's that? <laughs> yeah, they turned around. Something's happened, all right. The little teddy which Melinda left behind, it was just lying on the bed a second or two ago. And the other doctor says, but now Roy is grasping it. And he is. Roy, he is. You see He's grasping the teddy. Roy's hand, his fists, grasping mm. the teddy, which looks mm. pretty demented and spooky. So he's woken yeah. up, grabbed the teddy and gone... 
And Penny's face, that must just be the angle they've drawn it from, but Penny's face looks very puffed up. It's probably all the crying. I think she looks quite attractive yeah. like that. Yeah. So her lips all nice swollen, her eyes, yeah. big doe eyes. Her lips are incredible, yeah, fucking hell. And the the um, the doctors look really fucking scared. You would have thought they'd be happy because they're <laughs> the doctors responsible for <laughs> saving him. Oh, fuck, I didn't see this coming. The cod's welcome back up. Just so I was getting somewhere with his mess- with his missus. Oh, God. So there it is. Uh, Roy is grasping it, and we'll find out what happens next time. And it says at the bottom, it says, fans won't want to miss seeing what happens next week, which to me is a fucking understatement. Yeah. They can't think what's going to happen next week. Have you got next week's done yet? No, I'm on a bit behind. Well, what should we write then? (laughs) Just say that... Fans won't want to miss it. That way, they're gonna I mean, fucking they won't. Buy it. I can't imagine any fan going. Oh, I'm not bothered. I'm not gonna want to miss it, aren't they? They're gonna see whether the cunts alive or dead. I don't even they're know myself yet. <sighs> so there we are, um, and we'll see what does happen next week. Will he grasp something else from his hospital bed? Who knows? Penny's um, right breast. Oh right, yeah, probably. Oh, fuck, I thought it was a tit I was going for. Turns out it's a teddy bear. Okay, well, who the fuck put this fucking teddy next to my wife's tits? <laughs> uh, so there we go, and we'll find out what happens next time. Um, join us then. Take the offender, Eds. See you, dickheads. See you, dickheads.